Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. We are so excited that you've tuned in to check out what God is doing here in Radiate Church, located in Elgin, South Carolina. Take a moment and click that subscribe button. That way, every Monday morning, you'll receive new content right on your device. Life-changing messages, discussions, and conversations that will not only help you grow closer to Jesus, but will help equip and empower you to live the life God intends. In this episode, we begin a brand new series called Killing Roots, where we look past the symptoms and get right to the root of what may be causing you pain. Now let's stand up on our feet one more time as we welcome back our lead pastor to the stage, Pastor Brandon Goff. Come on, do better than that. Come on. Yeah. Man. Good. (laughs) Good morning. Hey, while you're standing, why don't you turn around and just tell somebody you love them real quick. Just tell them you love them. We need more love. I love you. I love you. Man, thank you so much. What, what a day already. Um, God is doing something amazing and uh, something incredible here in Kershaw County and at Radiate Church. And uh, I'm just glad you're a part of it. So things are going to look a little different for a few more weeks for me. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to run the stage quite like I, I was yet. Um, so you know if that happens that God's doing something great. Amen. No, uh, I, you know, uh, thank you for your prayers. I, I want to start off with thank you for your prayers, uh, messages, emails, phone calls, messages through other folks um, during the, the past five weeks. Um, I still have probably a couple more months of recovery to go uh, before I'm back to uh, somewhat normal. I don't know if I was ever really normal, uh, but so, somewhat normal and uh, moving around like I was. And that's probably good because this forces me out of a comfort zone a little bit. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think the greatest growth happens when we're outside of what we're comfortable with. And so I'm excited about what God is going to do uh, in and through us. And uh, man, I just I, I need to say thank you uh, for two weeks. Uh, people brought us meals. Um, people have sent us uh, Starbucks cards through email. Um, people have just loved on us in ways that have blown us away that we never expected. Um, we're never entitled to at all. And, and I just need to tell Radiate Church, I need to tell you, if you're sitting here today, even if it's your first time, I have, I don't, I have never been more loved by a church uh, or felt it than I have over the past five weeks. And um, I always knew you loved me. Um, but there's something that happens when you're in a time of um, uh, just uh, uncomfortable situations and people just come to you and they just let you know, hey, I got your back. And uh, I just need to tell you thank you and I love you. So give yourselves a hand one good time. One good time. Hopefully in a couple weeks this sling's going to come off and I can throw my arm around like nobody's business, but we'll see what happens. Um, so I, I need to tell uh, our staff uh, and, and our, all of our leaders and volunteers, thank you as well. Uh, but I need to give a, a great shout out to Pastor Travis and Pastor Chris. They are not wanting that and they are hating it right now. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, uh, it, it, is a, it is a lot. A lot of people think, well, you just get ready for Sunday and, and sit in a little closet and that's all you really worry about. There's a lot. I mean, we're, there's over 500 people that call Radiate Church home. Uh, well, there's more that call it home. There's over 500 people that attend every week. And uh, there's a lot that goes into this. And I, for five weeks, I have been MIA, like nowhere to be found. And these guys have ran the show. They've done an amazing job. I don't even like calling it a show, but you know what I'm talking about. And, um, but you guys have made something happen. Let me tell you a couple things that have happened over the past few weeks. I love the fact that we're a church that is not built on a person or a personality. I love the fact that we're a church that's built on the kingdom of God. That's what this church will always be about uh, because it doesn't matter who's standing here. What matters is the reception that we have to the word of God in our hearts. And, and I've heard some stories over the past few weeks that have just been amazing. Uh, I heard from a gentleman uh, recently that for eight years they were watching a spot in his body for cancer. He went back two weeks ago 
to get a report, his normal checkup, y'all, it's gone. It's disappeared. They can't even find the thing anymore. Y'all better make some noise for what God's doing in the house. That ain't normal. When, when that kind of stuff starts taking place, I can't going to sit down long. When that stuff starts taking place, listen, I'm telling you, there's an atmosphere for life change in the house. I'm telling you, he went in for a checkup for cancer. And they looked at him and said, I don't know where the spot went. I know where it went. It dissolved in the presence of God. My healer stood up and said, no, in the name of Jesus, you must go. Come on. Man, we, we've had uh, some amazing speakers over the past few weeks. Amen. Uh, so I, I will never leave you with anything than, other than what I think is the highest quality people that we can get. And, and guys, we had some amazing speakers, and they all talked about how amazing you were and, and how receptive you were to the Word and how you loved and honored what God is doing here. And, and I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for that leadership. I, I do want to jump in today. Uh, so we're starting a brand new series called Killing Roots. And, uh, but I've got to talk about something before we really get into that. Um, that uh, I, I, I want to I preface it with this statement, and then I want you to hear me. Uh, some of you are going to take what I'm about to say, and you're going to you want, your, your natural uh, inclination is going to want to turn it to a, a political statement. But I want you to hear me today. This has nothing to do with a political party or race. This has everything to do with the state of our nation right now. La yesterday, 21 people were killed in Walmart in El Paso, Texas. A gunman walked in and he has admitted to, um, to shooting and targeting Hispanics in El Paso, Texas. Last night at 4 a.m. in Dayton, Ohio, nine, I think it's the last I saw, 10 people were killed and 26 people were injured in a mass shooting in a nightclub. Hear me today. I want you to hear me. Every time we go through something like this, we have an option. We can become callous or we can become motivated. My fear is the church in general has become callous because we're so used to hearing about it now. I don't care if it's mass shootings or if it's other stuff. Here's what I'm constantly reminded of in Jesus' statement. He says this, they will know that you are my disciples. And then he says, by one thing, it's one word, it's one four-letter word, it's not the word hate, it's the word love. Jesus says this, they will know who you are by the way that you love. I do not want you to walk out of here today thinking that I'm making a political stance for a party or a person. I couldn't care less about political parties or stances. I care about the kingdom of God and the stance of Jesus Christ in this nation. And what concerns me, if I'm going to be raw today, what concerns me is the church, the big C church, not this church in general, but the church, people that call themselves followers of Jesus would rather pipe up about decisions that we don't agree with than we would people taking the lives of others out of pure hatred and disagreement. I'm here to tell you today, we can coexist without always agreeing about something. What concerns me is I'm hearing less amens to this than I would if I got up here and said, you have to agree with this stance, and all the Republicans would say, amen, come on, and all the Democrats would say, yeah, that's good. But the problem is, is we ain't standing on a donkey or anything like that. We are standing on the rock of Jesus Christ in this nation, and it's time for the church to stand up and do something. And if you're with me today, would you stand to your feet this morning, and let's begin to give praise back to God because I think it's time we begin to love something and, start, and stop standing on what we hate, but start standing on what we believe in. Come on, let us shout out for the praise of God today. Out of your belly, let something come out. I will love you with all that I have. I will love you with everything you are. I am not here for the agreement of friends. I am here for the agreement of the kingdom. Hear me. I am tired of turning on the news. And being afraid of my child walking into an elementary school. 
No, I'm not saying well, we should do this reform in this bill. Bills and laws won't change it. The love of Jesus is the only thing that will ever change anything in this world. I would rather argue with you over your political stance than I would save your soul. It's where we are in society today. I would rather walk away from what I believe in in you because I don't like what you did than I would stand up and look at you and say, we're all a part of the kingdom of God. I don't have to like what you did, but I can like the Savior you stand for. I'm just at a place to where in America, where we are, and I'm going to have you sit in just a minute because we're going to, I got you standing because we're going to pray. We're at a place in America we don't need, let me tread lightly, we don't need a revival of past things. We need a new pouring out of what God's doing today. Listen, do you know why we do this every Sunday? Some people are like, man, I come here because I went to church my whole life, and this is the coolest church I've ever been to, and like, I can wear jeans here, and that's cool, and, 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 and they got good music, or they got this, or I don't know why you come. But I'm going to tell you why I show up every single week. And I'm going to show you, tell you why for the past five weeks that I haven't been here, it's been an agonizing, torturous thing that I sit in my recliner in recovery knowing that my people, my family, my body, my, 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 my love are standing in a church gathering together. You know why we meet here every Sunday? It ain't for a pep rally. It's because we got a world to change. Do you, know, do you know why 60-plus volunteers work their tail off to make sure that Radiate Kids is going strong back there every single week? Do you know why in just a few weeks we're going to throw a back-to-school bash at Potter's Park and we're going to have a DJ and we're going to have bounce houses and we're going to have all kinds of uh, food trucks and all kinds of fun stuff? Do you know why we do that? Oh, yeah, you do that to get people in the doors. Nah, forget that. It's because there's a community of people that need to know you are loved even when we disagree. You are loved even where you are. It is not a political party that will save anything. It is the love of Jesus that will save everything. We do this because the next generation needs to know they're loved. The next generation needs to know who they are. The next generation needs to be ready that if something ever goes down around them, they know that they can run to Jesus and they can act in the power of the Holy Spirit and do something in the moment. And we need to know, hear me, guys, this ain't a game. The Bible tells me there is a battle going on for our souls. There's a battle of darkness and there's a battle of light and they're going on for your soul. But here's the thing, they ain't going on for you. It's, that battle is going on for your neighbor for your family member, for your enemy, for your friend, for your coworker, for your boss, for the person that don't want to talk to you anymore, it doesn't matter. Their soul does. Had a guy look at me the other day. He said this. He said, uh, I had to fire a guy from, uh, he told me this. He said, I had to fire somebody from the business job I worked for. He said, and the guy won't talk to me anymore. It was his dad. You know what he looked at me and said? I was like, dude, that stinks. Like, that's tough. That's brutal. He was like, yeah, but I mean, in business, it is what it is, right? It's like, I get it, dude. Like, that's tough. And then he looked at me and said this. He said, but you know what? If he never talks to me again, I know where he's going. I know where his eternity lies. But if we reach a million people or 100 people or 10 people on the other side, I can get through it. Because here's what I know. Our goal and our passion is to reach other people. You may look at me and go, that's extreme. But I look and go, no, that's sold out to the kingdom of God. It's something that we got, they got to work through and they will. But the bottom line is they're sold out to the vision of reaching people for the kingdom. Because we don't live in a nation built on the word of God anymore. We live in a nation to where we got to rebuild the validity of God in this thing. And we got to do something about it. And it's time for the church to stop being so vulnerable vocal about what we disagree with and it's time for the church to stand up and be vocal about the love of Jesus in this thing stop trying to change somebody's symptom and start trying to save their soul and I'm here to declare a couple things and we're going to pray I'm going to declare this racism has no place in this county in this state in this nation in this church it doesn't matter your socioeconomic status your skin color or your upbringing racism is a lie of the enemy of God and we will not stand for it 
hatred has no place in here. We have no place for judgment. We have no place for any of those things. And I'm here to tell the enemy, your days are marked. You've already lost the war and you think you can come in here and divide. But I'm here to tell the enemy today, no, we will step on your throat and kick you on the no- in the nose on the way to bringing people to the kingdom of God at Radiate Church. Father, we give this day to you. I pray peace over people today as they hurt in the anguish that's in them. God, your word says you bring peace that surpasses all understanding. And God, I can't bring peace through words, but what I can do is allow your spirit to bring the balm of healing. So God, I pray peace over El Paso, over Dayton, Ohio, over the synagogue that was uh, uh, targeted two weeks ago, over whatever it is, God, that's happening. I pray peace. God, there's people in here that need peace. But God, I pray that you would make us a, a warrior that we stand up and say no more. No more will the church be quiet on the things that matter and be loud about the things that don't. But God, let us stand up and begin to reach our neighbors. Let us stand up and begin to reach our coworkers and our bosses. Let us stand up and have the conversations that are difficult and hard. Let us stand up and show people what love really looks like. God, use us. Use us to bring about change. Use us to be the ones that are known by your love. Use us to be the one that casts out hatred and racism and socioeconomic statuses and judgment and all of those things because none of that matters. But God, let us stand up for the kingdom of God and let it be a new day and let Radiate Church be where it starts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together for the Lord real quick this morning? You can be seated. I'm sorry. There's just sometimes, man, we just got to... We got to hit what's going on in society. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we got to go through this. So we're in this series. Uh, we're in this series called Killing Roots. And, and I, I'm going to be straight. I really believe this series uh, is and can be uh, one of the most monumental series we've ever done here. And here's why. Because there's a narrative that is going on about God that God specializes in ointment and band-aids. He treats symptoms of the surface, but I'm here to tell you, God doesn't have band-aids and ointment. God has stitches and scalpels. God is here to do surgery on us, and part of the thing that's happening in us, uh, I believe across the nation, I know in me, is that I think we have tried to relieve the symptomatic uh, pain of our lives. So what I mean is, I've tried to figure out how to deal with anger, but I've never killed the root of the fruit. And so what I've done is I've pulled the fruit off the tree and I've tried to fix the thing that nobody likes about me and I don't like about me, but it's too much to go back 10, 15, 20 years and find out why that started to begin with and allow God to poison the root so that the fruit doesn't have to grow in the first place. Are you with me today? And here's the issue and why that's so difficult. That can be so difficult because it's painful. It's, it's hard. It's, it's not fun to go back uh, on, on things that are so hard for us to gather up. It's not easy for us to go, I have a hard time showing love and here's why. It's easier for me to go, I have a hard time showing love so that's just who I am and that's how I live and I'll just I'll figure out how to change it from there. Right? Or I'm just a negative, angry person, and it's easier for me to go, that's just my personality. No, that's not. There's a root causing that that's bringing the fruit out that everybody else has to eat, and now nobody knows how good God is in your life because you're always mean and negative. And we got to kill the root of the, of the negativity. we got to kill the root of the anger, and usually it goes back to something that happened that we never let go of. And so a lot of us are, are walking around chained to things that God has set us free from. And so in this series, I, I want to I really dig deep. And, and I've told our staff this series uh, can and may extend past the, 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 the uh, desired or the scheduled uh, weeks. And simply because I just think God's about to do surgery in some folks. And maybe you're like, well, you've been on some pain pills lately. <laughs> and... And you had surgery, and so now you want us to feel the same thing. No. <laughs> Promise you I don't want that. Uh, 
I had a physical surgery, but during the recovery of the physical surgery, God has done some spiritual surgery in me. And it's not a bad thing because some of you are like, well, you weren't saved before? <laughs> no, that's not the case. How many of you know that you can be in relationship with Jesus and never walk in the fullness of Jesus? Part of the thing that we can get wrapped up on is we can get so wrapped up in behavior modification. And I'm here to tell you we're not here. Jesus is not here for behavior modification. Because behaviors change based on what you're committed to. Hear me. Behaviors change based on what you're committed to. Here's, here's what I mean by that. If you're committed to getting a new vehicle in the next year, your financial situation and the way you spend your money is going to change. Because you've got to be able to afford what you're committed to, right? If you're committed to your spouse, your behavior is, is changing from how it was whenever you were single. Or it should. <laughs> if it hasn't, i got some folks we can send you to and get that taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the truth is, behaviors change based on our commitments. But I'm, so we're not here for behavior modification. We're here to kill the roots of some things that's happening in the world today and, and, and in our lives. And I want to debunk a myth. And, and I think I've got to, I know, I've got to go into something in depth here today before we ever start talking about specific roots that have to die. We have to understand that we aren't the ones that ever kill the root. And I think that's part of the confusion of Christianity today is we get caught up on I've got to chop up the root and kill the root. Let me, hear, let me tell you something. You aren't strong enough to kill the root of something that you've been carrying around for 25 years. Only the blood of Jesus, only the power of the Holy Spirit can kill the root of the thing that you can't let go of. And the reason that you're still holding on to the root and it's still bringing the fruit that you don't like is because we haven't allowed Jesus into the darkest areas of our lives. And so we got to let God get down into the depths of our soul and, and our condition a lot of time. And, and, and there's a, a narrative in the world that loving Jesus and, and, and being a Christian is more about what we stay away from than what we're connected to. Let me, let me say it like this. We're, we're more of a Christian if we don't do things than we are if we are connected to him. And, and I'm here to tell you something, that's legalism and religion. That's not relationship with Jesus. Now, some people would go, yeah, but you do need to stay away from some things whenever you're committed to Jesus. Yeah, but remember, behaviors change based on what I'm committed to. If I'm committed to just staying away from things, my heart is never connected. But if my heart is connected to Jesus, then I'm committed to staying away from things. Do you see the difference? One is works-based. One, one, the other is love-based. And so I, I, I got into this thing, and uh, I was thinking about this. I, I saw a video. Uh, so I had a doctor's appointment the other day, and my wife showed me a video of after I left. So I've got a permanent body imprint in my recliner right now. And uh, so when I left, my kids thought that there was a new toy that was suddenly around the house, and it was the recliner that I've been sitting in for five weeks. And they go and they put on their superhero costumes, right? And they start jumping around and fighting each other in my recliner, and which is fine. That's cool. But I was gone, so I didn't see it. So my wife was showing me the video, and and it was like two completely different kids from who it was when I left, right? So when I left, they were like hanging out, talking, drawing, playing cards, and before I left. And when I left, they put on these superhero costumes, and it was like all of a sudden, uh, Captain America and Spider-Man show up at at the house, and 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 they're jumping and flying all over the room. What made the difference? Daddy left. No. Here's what made the difference. The difference was what they were walking around in. They wanted to act like Captain America because they were wearing Captain America. They wanted to act like Spider-Man because they were wearing Spider-Man. Many of us can't act like Christ because we're wearing us more than we are him. 1 Corinthians 5.17 tells it to me like this. 1 Corinthians 5.17, it's a, it's a verse that we, we will repeat at an altar call. And it says this, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, creature, creature. <laughs> He's a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Our new things have come. 
Here, here's what I want you to hear today. Like, that's the truth for us. But Paul is not writing that to people that don't believe. Paul is writing that to a church that Jesus died for, that is committed to the work of, of God, that is learning about the word of God every single day and giving their lives to what Jesus died for. And so Paul's looking at a church and he's going, radiate, hear me today. If, he didn't say you are in Christ. He said, if you're in Christ. Like in my words, Paul is going, I question that about some of you guys. <laughs> if you're in Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, if you're in Christ, then you're a new creation. Uh, creation, creature. I, learned, I forgot how to talk over the past few weeks. See? Then you're a new creature. Old things then pass away and all things become new. But it only happens when? When I'm what? In Christ. Why? Because I act like what I'm wrapped up in. Some of us act like a bunch of negative Nancys that are full of drama because that's what we're wrapped up in. Everybody else's business. Get up out of my business. You know what I'm saying? I'm more worried about running your race than I am, as the Bible says, the race set before me. I don't run the race set before you. And, and part of the problem is, is this. I cannot become something new if I'm walking in old skin. Paul says, therefore, if you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, well, I'm in Christ. I prayed the prayer. That doesn't mean you're in Christ. That means that with your mouth, you have acknowledged that you want to give your life to Jesus. The problem is, is what your mouth does and your body does is two completely different things. Right? I can't say, Jesus, I, I submit myself and I give you my life and then I look at him and go, hey, but I want to do it this way. Well, that's not in Christ. See, here's the thing about being in something. We are held, uh, uh, we are held uh, safe. Our safety is dependent on the structure that we're in, right? The exposure to the outside is dependent on the structure that we're currently in. Our, 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 uh, our safety, our love, our, our, our security, our comfort is dependent on the, on the structure that we're in. Hear me, many of us don't feel like we're going anywhere with God because we're not in the structure of God. We're not in Christ. We're in us. And the more that we're in us, the more that we try to make it happen, and the more that we try to figure it out, and the more that we try to kill the roots, and the more that we try to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound that's killing our lives, and the more that we try to look and go, baby, I can restore this marriage myself if I just, you have sex with me more and do these kind of things more. Come on, let's talk like real adults up in the room today. Some of you are like, there's kids here. Well, we got Radiate Kids. They, they're amazing back there. And, and, and the truth of the matter is that I can repair my marriage, and I can do this, and I can do, no, you can't can't do anything outside of the love of Jesus because in Christ, old things pass away. In Christ, the hurts must go. In Christ, healing takes place. In Christ. Some of us want to go, well, why have I never changed? Once I gave Jesus my life, I still fight the same battles. What are they wrapped up in? Are they wrapped up in me or, or are they wrapped up in Christ? Because here's the truth. I cannot be the same and be in Christ. Can't do it. And so I, I want to talk to you today about some of the battles that we may be fighting are legitimate battles, marriage battles, relational battles, financial battles. Pastor Travis talked about it on the screen just a moment ago. Um, uh, you know, addiction battles, whatever battles you're fighting, they're, they're all important. Maybe they're not as, maybe they're depression battles. Maybe they're, and even, maybe it's just you feel lonely or, 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 or whatever it is. There's, everybody's got a demon in a battle that we're fighting, but here's the truth. If I try to take care of the battle within me, I will never find victory. But if I allowed to, myself to be in, in Christ. Somebody say in Christ. See, I have to be in him. People, I should be so in Christ that when people look at me, they see him. They don't see me first. They see him. I, I, I'm reminded of the scripture. Paul writes it this way, that we should be aliens in the world. Why? Because I'm not in me. I'm in Christ. And, and I want to, so in Christ, there's salvation, there's forgiveness, there's grace, there's mercy. And, and if I can't offer what Christ gives to others, I question if we're really in him. Are you with me today? Is this okay? 
Because part of it is this, is I want, every, I want Christ to offer me what I won't offer anybody else. Christ, you should forgive me for messing up, but when they do me wrong, I'm not offering forgiveness. Christ, you should turn your ear towards my prayer whenever I haven't talked to you in six months, but when that person ignores me, I, I, I don't want to see them again. Christ, you should, you should love me even in the midst of my, my, my loose tongue that I have, but when, I, when they have a loose tongue against me, I, I'm not going to welcome them back into my life. Are you, are you with me today? Like, we can't be in Christ and take the benefits of Christ and never give it to anybody else. That, I'm in me at that point. Christianity and, 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 and following Jesus has become about me and not him. And it was never meant to be that way. And so there's, there's four things, there's so many things, but I just want to hit four quick things that we struggle with that if we will come to a place to where we'll put those things in Christ, we'll see a difference. And, in, and, and the first one is this, I, I, see, it, uh, I see it all the time, and, it, and, it's, and it's actually uh, really kind of hurtful, if I'm, I'm quite honest with you, because we have to understand. The first one is this, and I hate this mentality, is the victim mentality. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 through 58 um, says it like this. Oh, death, where is, uh, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the, is the law. Verse 57. But thanks be to God. Hear this. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Come on, somebody say victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I'm in Christ... I'm not a victim anymore. I'm what? Victorious. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. What? In the Lord. Here's part of the problem. I will fight a battle in myself and then wonder why I'm getting more scars than I am victories. Because I'm fighting, the toil is never in vain in the Lord. We've got to understand that whenever we get in Christ, we are no longer victims. Because part of the thing is, is when we're victims, what happens when we're victims is every single thing happens to us. Victim mentality creates this mentality and this thought process that you're versus me. No, I'm not. We're not a versus each other. It is the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light, not man versus man or woman versus woman. See, the only enemy, the only tool that the enemy even has, see, here's what we forget. He's already lost the battle, folks. He can't win. There's no fourth quarter comeback. There's no layup at the clock. There's nothing that he can do to win the battle. It's over. It's done. Jesus rose on the third day holding the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's not going to come back and beat your tail. Addiction is only one thing that divides you from the kingdom. Victim mentality is division. The only thing that the enemy has against us is he can try to divide us. That's why I think you're seeing a lot of things that you're seeing in the world today. And so he creates this victim mentality. And so when it's in me, you're happening, you're doing that to me. You're talking about me. You're buying that new vehicle because I can't. Or you're, you're serving over there because you don't like me and you don't like that. No, 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 no. That's victim mentality because it's all about one thing. Me. Everything in life happens to me. But here's the truth. Whenever I, I stand in Christ and not in me, then I become a victor, not a victim. And I begin to walk out and I go, no, 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 no. I'm not. Every day I wake up, I'm not fighting to win anything. I'm fighting from the winning of everything. I'm not fighting for the victory of my day. I'm fighting from the victory of my soul. I'm not fighting for the victory of salvation. I'm fighting from the victory of salvation. I'm a victor, not a victim. But I can never get to that place when I'm in Christ. I have a hard time with people that go, you know what? I just love the Lord. I gave him my life and he I just every morning I wake up. I say, Lord, let me do what you want me to do. And then the next thing out of their mouth is, but this person just keeps doing this to me and that to me. Who gives a rip? Come on, let's grow up today. Let's mature a little bit in our faith today. A victim mentality is a sign of an immature Christian. And here's why. Because I have no idea the power and the victory that's already been given to me. 
Well, this, this, this addiction or this mindset, all those things are legitimate, but here's the thing. We have to go back and understand that that thing can't have any power over you because it's already been defeated in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you allow it to have power over you, then you are now the victim and you're not walking as a victor, which means that part of my life is not in Christ. So, so maybe I'm begging God for relational uh, help, but God's going, I would give you relational help or mental help or, or whatever you need. I give you that if you put it in me, but your security in that is not in me. Your security in your paycheck is not in me. Your security in your paycheck is on the job you just got. Your security of, of, of a relational breakthrough is not in me. It's in the person that's talking about you. Are you, is this helping? Today, when we're in Christ, we're we're victims. Everything happens to me. Oh, the Lord is thought, man. I just I woke up this morning. It's like the devil just jumped on my back. <laughs> no, you probably bent over, put a little stepladder behind you, and said, "Let's go, get on, let's walk around today, devil." I, you know, it's just so bad, so so bad. No, and listen, I'm not saying. <laughs> I don't know why the devil needs a stepladder, but he does apparently. I'm not saying that we don't go through things that are hard to go through. Because you will. But when I come up to a fight, I never have to look at the fight and think the fight's going to defeat me. Because defeat is never in the vocabulary of my God. And if I'm in Christ through, if I'm in God through Christ, then the truth of the matter is defeat is not in my reality. Only victory is. You may not understand the battle, but you can understand the outcome. Come on, somebody. That's... Maybe you're battling today, and, and the truth is, is you don't understand why. I don't know why either, but I can tell you what the outcome is. And, it, and there's another thing that, that, that happens a lot of times, and it kind of goes with victim and victor, is a lot of times is we'll, we'll focus on, on our problems a lot. We'll focus a lot on our problems. I've noticed that in life. Is our problems just like kind of come to the forefront? But I want to put this into perspective out of Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 28 to you today. It's a very popular verse. I love it. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. Can I tell you something? It says, for the love of the, for those who love God. Can I tell you something? I want to change it to this because I think it's very synonymous. For those that are in Christ. Can I tell you, we have a choice. We can worship our problems and not even know it. Here's what worship is. Worship is when we give everything to something. Some of us have given our marriage to a problem. Some of us have given our kids to problems that have plagued us. Some of us have given our job, our security, our church, our relationships, our spouses, our financial security, all those things. We've given it to the problem that we face. And we've sat down and we've looked at God and like, man, this problem is just so big. Yes. But, but, and I'm not trying to make light of anything. But when we worship our problems, we're in us. But when I get to a place that I'm in Christ, my problem is overtaken by His promise. That's why David could stand in front of Goliath and say, you're a big problem. But I've got a promise of victory in the Lord. That's why Joshua could stand at the walls of Jericho and go, this is my promised land. I, I don't have to look at the walls as a problem. I look, God, I look at them as an opportunity of the promise coming through in my life. What will I... What will I worship? My problem that we all have. We, we all have things that we don't know that the other person is going through. Emotional pain and stress and hurt and frustration and, and things going on at home that we don't talk about. And all these things that are happening, which is why we need to get in a life group to talk about these things with people. And, and, and all this stuff, we all have problems. But here's the, prom here, here's the problem with a problem. A problem can take over our worship. 
But I'm not here to worship a problem. I'm here to worship the promise keeper. The one that said, I have begun a new thing in you and I will see it through until the end. The one that said, when I say something, it happens. When I promise you something, it will come to pass. The one that said, I will give my life because I love you. When I focus on the problem, I'm, I'm in me. But when I focus on the promise, I'm in Christ. Another thing that is so prevalent, if you'll give me another about five minutes, is fear. When we're, when we're in us, fear just takes over, doesn't it? Anxiety. It takes on many different fears, uh, ways. Fear, anxiety, stress, frustration, all of that is real and very difficult to deal with. Fear is a real thing, but fear is a liar. Here, here, let me read this to you out of Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. It says this, Do not fear, this is the Lord, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely. I will help you, surely. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want you to hear... His wording here. Just leave that on the screen if you don't mind, please. It says, do not fear for I am with you. You know why we fear a lot of times? Because we think we're going through something alone that we can't handle by ourselves. And God wants you to know that whatever you're dealing with that you're afraid of, He's big enough. If we're in Him, we just got to have some faith. Fear turns to faith when we're in Christ. And then He says this, fear, do not anxiously look about you. Can I tell you, fear makes you look around but faith makes us look up. Fear makes us look at how everybody else is going to receive what's happening in my life right now. You ever been at this place? This is victim mentality coming through fear to where you're dealing with something and, and you're dealing with something with someone and you see them standing in the corner talking to somebody else about where they're going to eat lunch and you see them from afar and you go to six people. I can't believe they said that about me. And they're not even talking about you. Why? Because fear makes me look around. Fear makes me go to everybody around me rather than the one that can fix it. Fear makes me look and go, but this is my circumstance. And faith makes me go, but this is my God. Here, here's the difference. You know the people that are ultra successful? They don't look around at their circumstance. They look up at their, at their, at their promise. Yeah, but what about the ones that don't believe in God? They still have a preferred future of a promise in their mind, and they look at that. Fear, hear me, fear will cause you to look at everybody else. Faith makes you look around, uh, look up. And when we're in Christ, faith takes over. The last one is, all these are inter intertwined, interconnected, and the last one is something that, man, I, I almost didn't bring up because it's so vague, but... The last one is hurt. When I'm in me, I carry around the hurt that I won't let go of. But then I become a victim, so now I start carrying around your hurt too. Because victims never have enough pain. They've always got to have something to talk about. And so we're in this thing, and, and, and there's a scripture in James chapter 1. Are you still with me? closing on this. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says this. Consider it all joy my brothers when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Do you know I want to stop right there leave it on the screen. Do you know what gets you to the finish line in a marathon? Your legs. No. It's the endurance in your legs. Many of us have stopped halfway through the journey of our faith because we haven't allowed the trials to produce endurance in us. Verse 3, or uh, yeah, verse 3 says, uh, I mean 4 says this, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may perfect and complete lacking in nothing. What if in us it's hurt, but what if in Christ it's humility? And he looks at us and goes, you're not facing the hurt because I'm punishing you. You're facing the hurt because I'm developing you.
And if you never face the hurt, endurance can never be developed and you'll never get to the finish line of having its perfect result in me. And now I can look at hurt and go, man, God, you think enough of me to develop me to a place that I can get to the end of the line and I can please you. To where you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithfulness is not about praying at an altar. Faithfulness is about doing what you said you would do long after the emotions of it have left. And when I'm in Christ, all these things begin to take place and you got to understand why this is so hard. It's because of this. Lessons are more difficult than excuses. It's easier for me to make an excuse of why I can't go through something and why something's happening to me and why this is taking place and why I'm lonely and why I don't talk to anybody and why this person's out to get. It's easier for me throughout my entire life to make excuses. It's harder and more painful for me to go, God, teach me a lesson through it. Because an excuse places the blame on somebody else. A lesson places the responsibility on me. That's good. Write that down and live by that. So here's, here's where I'm at today because many of us need to do this. And we're going to talk about this over the next several weeks that many of us have some things in our lives that are in us. But can I tell you that that was never our call? Our, our desi God's desire and destiny and call in our lives is to be in Him. And here's the beautiful thing. If you look closely, you can see me, but it's through Christ. <laughs> I'm not looking and going, I just need to throw all these things away. No, I'm looking and I'm going, God, Jesus, I got an insecurity. I got a skepticism. I got a dishonoring spirit. I've got hurt, I've got fear, I've got pain, I've got all these things, God. I'm a victim, I'm negative, I'm not who you called me to be. But God, I don't know how to get rid of these things. So I'm just going to place them in you and watch you turn them into something greater. Because in Christ, old things, old fears, old fears, old hurts, old, 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 old pain, old whatever. <laughs> in you, Christ, when I take all those old things and I place them in you, everything begins to change because nothing can stay the same as long as I'm in you and you are the new Savior of my life. And here's my challenge to you today. Thank you for giving me a few minutes, a little longer. My challenge today is not that there's a lot of you that just have never really given your lives to Jesus. I don't believe that. I went through a thing to where God is teaching me this and it is freeing my life. And here's why. Because I am who I am, but I'm not who I'm going to be. And if I take who I am and I place it in who he is, then he can get me to who he wants me to be. And in my Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 tells me that he does exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I think or imagine. So when I stand in the body of Christ, when I stand in the goodness of Jesus, everything becomes more than I ever thought it could be. And this is it right here. Hear me. Jesus is not about presenting himself to you. Jesus doesn't need to be sold. Jesus in the Christian life is about us presenting ourselves to him and saying through the cross, I'm in you. And I will live with that. And I will be okay with that. And my behaviors and symptoms will change based on what I'm committed to and I'm committed to you. So if you would just stand to your feet with me the, this morning got another experience coming in in just a few moments so thank you for being patient but I just believe this is so 
strong today that we've got to get to a place to where we go, I need to be in Christ. And then over the next several weeks, we'll talk specifics over some things, but I want you to hear me today. Maybe you're here and you're going, you know what, I gave him my life and I really did mean it whenever I told him I wanted to live for him, but I never put it in that perspective. Like everything needs to be in in him because he wants to turn everything around for his glory. And maybe it's a moment where we just say, I just want to be in you. So if you would, close your eyes with me today. And if you're in the room and you say, I've never given Jesus my life, but I've never prayed that prayer. But what I understand today is that he's a God that loves me where I am, but too much to leave me there. And I just want to give him everything. I want to, I want to submit my life to him and begin walking in Christ. I want to be saved. I, 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 want, to, I, want, I want salvation. I want a new life. This is... This is a moment where people that have never given their lives to Jesus today is the day where you say, I've heard about a Jesus that loves me and a man that gave his life for me and I want to give him my life and begin a new journey from there. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up right where you are today and just by that symbolically say, Jesus, I need you and the forgiveness of the cross. Come on, hold it up high, anywhere, all over the room. Come on, anybody, amen. Just repeat this after me and then we'll pray together. Just, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiveness. Come on, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for hope, uh, holding me in your hands. And thank you for the cross. Today I'm a new creature because I've given you my life. Now, if there's anybody in the room that would say this, Pastor, I just need to be in Christ. It's not that I don't believe in him and I haven't tried. It, I just need to be in him. And, and in him means I need to know him and, and get to know him. But I need to give him everything today. And today I want to make that commitment to say I, I want to be in Christ. If that's you, would you hold your hand up today as we pray together corporately? Come on, all over the room, hands are going up. I just need to be in Christ. I need to be in Christ. My hand's going up today. Dear Jesus, I just, I think, hold it up. Just keep it up during the prayer. Dear Jesus, today we just declare that we are in you. We are not trying to be in us. We're not trying to figure this out by ourselves. We're trying to get in touch with the Savior, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we're trying to be in Christ and help us walk that out every single day of our lives. And God, I just pray that this would be an igniting moment that would change things for the rest of our lives, for eternity. And God, that we would have this moment in our lives where we can't walk out of here without giving out invite cards. We can't walk out of here without telling people about how good you are because we love you and we honor you. You are God. You are the Lord. You are our Savior. And today by saying amen, we agree that we are in Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Make some noise this morning.